Welcome to this Innovation Forum podcast with me, Ian Welsh. Joining me today, I'm delighted to introduce Dr. Sue Warner Gauntlet, who's CEO of Wildlife Alliance in Cambodia. Now, we are recording in a bar in Stockholm, so there's a bit of background noise, but I hope you can bear with us. We're in Stockholm as we've been attending some events around World Environment Day, including the launch of the Forest Plan from Everland, and we were involved in a panel discussing some of the issues around the frontline battle to stop deforestation earlier in the week. Welcome, Sue Warner. Thank you, Ian. It's a pleasure to be with you. Why don't you start off by giving us a little bit of background into the work of Wildlife Alliance. Wildlife Alliance is a frontline organization implementing direct protection to forests and wildlife. Our mission is to combat climate change by stopping deforestation. Your work is based in Cambodia. I notice it also has links to other projects worldwide. But in terms of Cambodia itself, what are the key drivers of deforestation in Cambodia and how are these drivers best tackled? Uh, first of all, Cambodia still has an enormous amount of forest cover, tropical forest, and unfortunately the forest is getting decimated through mostly land speculation, which is clearing of the forest for illegal land sales. And how to tackle those? Really, the first means of urgent intervention is having law enforcement rangers on the ground who are stopping the bulldozers and the chainsaws, confiscating the equipment, and arresting the illegal clearing people. How then is that developing? How are you in Cambodia bringing forward great better law enforcement? We have been working with the government for 22 years, working with cross-agency teams of rangers and teaching them on a daily basis how to implement professional law enforcement as well working with the community. So it's really a community and government project. In parallel, we develop better jobs for local people it's a very well-structured approach whereby we work with the communities to zone their land and demarcate and give them better jobs. And we work with the offenders to stop them from cutting and clearing the forest. Let's come to some of the specifics of the project in a sec. I'd like to think about some of the more general drivers of deforestation across the tropics. How are you seeing these changing? And what are the kind of key points to bear in mind about deforestation in the tropics at the moment? Well, at the moment, we are in a severe crisis because over 50% of the tropical uh, rainforest belt has been cleared and destroyed. And when we think about the fact that this tropical rainforest is the main rainfall regulator for the Earth, of course, it's carbon absorption, yes, but it's also the Earth's greatest watershed. So now that 50% has already been destroyed, the temperature at the ground, and we've experienced this many times, the temperature at the ground rises six degrees centigrade in hours. And what it does, it emits hot air currents into the atmosphere that replace the previous humid, cool, rain-carrying currents that go into the atmosphere. So we have a complete reverse of temperatures going up into the atmosphere. And this is something I think that people don't necessarily realize, that this is another of the ongoing feedback mechanisms that are causing increasing temperatures from deforestation. It's not just about the carbon, it's about lots of other matters as well. Tell me a bit then about the Red Plus project you developed in Southern Cardamom in Cambodia. Wildlife Alliance works with the Cambodian government and we have developed since 2015 the Southern Cardamom Red Project, which is one of the largest in the world and the first in Asia. It's 500,000 hectares and we have 62 threatened IUCN wildlife species that we are protecting. Also benefiting 29 villages. 
we're getting uh, revenue from the sales of carbon. The way the project works is that you essentially provide ways for the local people to have a better livelihood. So much of the drivers of deforestation, as you mentioned, in terms of logging, come from people not having any other source of income. The forests are their asset, and in the past the problem has been that their asset, the only way they can realise that value is by chopping the trees down. The Red Plus projects, they're trying to develop and enhance the value for the local communities for having the trees intact. So what sort of economic opportunities are you developing for these villages? The drivers of deforestation have now evolved. It's the community, as you are describing, but it's also the people who are using modern bulldozers to clear the forest and sell them on the black market. So what we do for the local villagers is we help them to increase their income by developing, for example, modern agriculture for family farm holders and uh, selling their product on the market every week instead of just once a year. We help them develop community-based ecotourism where all the revenues go to the community instead of going to lodge owners who are simply employing people. We also help them through scholarships to universities and by bringing freshwater wells where the water has been depleted. And I guess alongside that there's the security for the forest, the rangers, and other personnel who are preventing the illegal logging that's been going on as well. Yes, because the destruction and the drivers have evolved now to be more driven by high-level barons, if you will, who are the people managing the illegal networks. We need strong law enforcement, usually with the help of the community, but it's a professional law enforcement done by judicial police officers who bring the cases to court. You mentioned the collaboration that you have alongside government. That's great. That's, that's perhaps unusual in many of the tropical forest areas where our governments are prepared to collaborate and work together to protect the forests. How has that process evolved in Cambodia? Well, I would say that it's evolved towards something more and more positive because the commitment of the Cambodian government towards the RED projects, towards carbon offsetting, is very much on mark with the evolution of the UNFCCC which is the commitments have to be filled in by the government, step by step, year by year. Well, Cambodia has fulfilled all of its commitments. And as a result, Cambodia is the first seller of carbon offsets on the world market for the RED projects. No other country in Asia is selling carbon yet. It's thanks to the commitment of the government that this is possible. If they weren't doing their road maps, their forest reference emission levels, it wouldn't be possible. It's an example, is it not, of where the rest of the world wants to get to or needs to get to. You start at project levels and you can expand up and involve the government. That's where other countries will have to get to if they are going to take the benefits of Red Plus and the benefits of carbon offsetting and the introduction of carbon finance into communities. If that's being taken to scale, then it does have to involve projects going together and working with the government. It strikes me that if you are involved in the government, then you get into a jurisdictional Red approach. But jurisdictional Red is very different than ours. Yeah. And we're using the same forest reference emission levels. So we're almost there. The big difference is that the government's the proponent, the owner of the project, and we're the implementers. Okay. In the jurisdictional, government is owner and implementer. How do you characterize the development of the acceptance of business internationally of the beneficial role that the voluntary carbon markets are going to play, not only tackling deforestation, but enabling them to get to net zero emissions for the business? I think there's been a huge evolution in the last two, three years by corporations in the West realizing the value of the forest carbon absorption. It has been wonderful for us, for example, to have visited many corporations in the UK, for example, and in France two years ago, and now seeing that these people are aligning to buy the verified emission reductions, which are the tons of carbon offsets. 
it's really thanks to these corporate partners that the red projects are being implemented because otherwise we could not afford the cost of livelihoods for the villagers we could not afford the cost for scholarships nor the cost for ranger protection it's an absolutely necessary partnership and it certainly seems that this is the way it's going. I mean, the bond-to-carbon markets are and have been exploding over the past year, really, really increasing, as it strikes me that so many companies realise now that if they have made net-zero commitments on a very challenging time frame, then they need to be involved in the carbon markets at some stage because that's going to enable them to get to net-zero. They can decarbonise their operations and their supply chains but they can't get it right to zero. They need to have some method of getting to net zero. And I think there's a general realization now that the front carbon markets projects, like Red Plus projects, are the ways that everybody's gonna to have to go. Yes, absolutely, I agree with you. So what do you want to see then for the future? What are the things you're excited about going forward? We are very excited to see that deforestation is reducing, but definitely we need more Red projects because as I mentioned before, it is only with the collaboration and the payment of VERs by the corporate companies that we can afford the cost of the counter deforestation activities, if you will. But the key to this really is, and I'd like to make an appeal to everyone, for governments who are committed to RED, it is very important to have NGO partners. It is the NGOs in the end who are the implementation actors in this whole RED project. It is the community, yes, but it's the NGOs. The NGOs are coordinating, the NGOs are bringing good governance, the NGOs are bringing the technologies for better livelihoods. Yeah, it's certainly true that Cambodia has had its challenges around tackling deforestation, but it's great to see that there are solutions that can work and mean that the deforestation rates are coming down. And as you say, with the goal of getting to zero deforestation in the near future. Suwana Gauntlet, CEO of Wildlife Alliance Cambodia, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Ian.